You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. So at this point, Jesus is making a beeline through Samaria. The disciples are saying, oh, no, we shouldn't go through there. Jesus, what? Jesus says, I must, I need to go through there because he has a divine appointment. See, we may not be looking for Jesus, but he's looking for us. He wants to answer those anxious questions that are on the inside that make us insecure. Do I matter? You know, he wants to answer those questions. Have you ever had thoughts and questions and you sought answers, but you never received them? There's always something in our minds that we're unable to share with others. We often knock on the wrong door when we're looking for those answers. Do you know anyone who can provide you with answers to all of your questions? Pastor Dion tells you in today's message how God is always looking for ways to reach out to you. God created you, and so He knows you from the inside out. He is the answer to all of your problems. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of John chapter 4 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. We heard Jesus answer a question that a goody two-shoes religious leader asked. You know, he was had a raised collar and the praying hands, and he was definitely a religious dude, all right? And he asked this question, is being good, good enough to get into heaven? All right, that was his question to Jesus. Is being good, good enough to get into heaven? While some of us might be so pious as to ask that question, so squeaky clean, so santitos, that that's the question we ask, how good is good enough to get into heaven, right? The majority of us don't bear that burden. In fact, we shoulder the complete opposite. We shoulder failures and regrets. Not how good we are, but how many times we screw up, right? We feel more like screw-ups than santitos. We feel more like losers than lion hearts. Well, guys, our internal questions are more like, do I even matter? Is there any hope for me? Those are the kind of questions we ask. Well, the Bible has an answer for those kind of questions. Do you matter? And is there hope in all of your failures Is there any hope for you? The Bible has answers for those questions. In fact, the Bible says that God is not oblivious to us, even in our pains, failures, flaws. God sees and hears the aches of our heart. Here is Psalm 34, 18. Read it with me out loud if you would. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Isn't that a good thing, amen? That's awesome, yeah. So listen, in our story today, Jesus, God in the flesh, God with skin on, has been in Jerusalem. We talked about it. He was in Jerusalem for the Passover festival. 
He spent the week there in festivities and he ran into Nicodemus. But now the festivities are over of Passover and Jesus and his disciples are headed home towards Galilee. In fact, let's pick up the story from there. Chapter 4, verse 3, it says, Jesus, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. Let's say that out loud. He what? He needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. So Jesus has been spending the week in Jerusalem for the Passover festivities. They are now over. And he tells his disciples, we're ready to go home. Let's pack it up. Let's move it out. And he is determined to go a specific way. Now, in order to get to Galilee, most Jews would avoid Samaria. They would, in fact, take the long road. Now, here is Jerusalem. Here is uh, Galilee, Nazareth, where Jesus is from. And most Jews that lived in this northern region, when they came down to worship at Jerusalem or came to the festivities, when they would go back or even when they would come uh, towards this way, they would not go through Samaria. They would cross through Perea and they would walk all the way through here and then cross the Jordan River again up into the Galilee region. It was an extra three-day walk just to avoid Samaria. Now you're asking, well, why would they avoid Samaria? Well, to the Jews, Samaria was considered unclean. And I'd ask you to do that, but for obvious reasons, I won't, all right? Samaria to the Jews was considered unclean. It was a virus to them, a disease, a, a disappointment. See, a long time ago in the Old Testament, the Samaritans had started a rival kingdom. You know, Israel under David was all one kingdom. But after David died, the northern kingdom decided, they're in Samaria, they were going to have their own kingdom. And so they started a rival kingdom. Then they decided they were going to have a rival religion. They weren't going to go worship God in Jerusalem anymore. They were going to build their own temple and their own shrine to a golden calf. Then, when the Assyrians came into Samaria and invaded Samaria, the Assyrians occupied it. And as they were occupying, the Samaritans allowed their wives, or their women, I should say, to marry and mingle with the Assyrians which made declassified or, or, or kind of diluted the purity of their race. And so the Jews were outraged in Jerusalem. So that's the reason they considered them unclean. And so the animosity between the Jews in the south and the Samaritans was as hot as the Hatfields and the McCoys. There was civil war, there was hatred, there was bigotry, there was prejudice, obviously. So when Jesus is leaving Jerusalem and he's headed home and he is making a beeline towards Samaria, the disciples likely objected. You know, they objected going through Samaria. But Jesus said that he needed to go through Samaria. Samaritans' lives matter, right? And that's what he was saying. See, Jesus had a 
One of these, a divine appointment plan, a rendezvous in Samaria. There was someone's path there in Samaria that he needed to cross. Isn't that interesting? God is looking for us. In fact, David described his divine appointment in the book of Psalms like this. Psalm 34, here's what David said. God met me more than halfway and freed me from my anxious fears. Isn't that awesome, guys? So at this point, Jesus is making a beeline through Samaria. The disciples are saying, oh, no, we shouldn't go through there. Jesus, what? Jesus says, I must, I need to go through there because he has a divine appointment. See, we may not be looking for Jesus, but he's looking for us. He wants to answer those anxious questions that are on the inside that make us insecure. Do I matter? You know, he wants to answer those questions. Well, the verses describe that as Jesus walked, he was tired, hungry, and thirsty. After all, at this point in the story, it's high noon. When they finally get to Samaria City, it's high noon. And they had been walking roughly five or six hours. I mean, Jesus has been making this beeline. He's got an appointment. He's got to be there. He's been pushing it. I'm sure the disciples are huffing behind him like, what's the rush? But Jesus has an appointment to meet somebody. And then when they get there, they get to this well. And Jesus, you know, is there. The disciples at this point are wondering, I mean, it's, we've been doing this five, six hours by this time, Jesus is beyond hungry. He is hangry, right? Because he's made of flesh. But Jesus' needs, his own personal needs, were not as important to him as the crushed spirit of a Samaritan woman. So he got there. So when they got to the well, Jesus sent his disciples into town for some Snickers bars, obviously. And while he rested, he sat against the cool rocks of Jacob's well, waiting but he wasn't waiting for them to return with an oat and honey energy bar. He was waiting for his appointment. He was waiting to meet someone special. Now, Jacob's well, guys, the well that Jesus was sitting up against, is located in the valley below the city of Sychar. All right, I've been to that location, to that particular well. There's a big monastery standing over it right now, but it's in the valley. And up above, in the hills above, was where the city of Sychar was. And that's the way the people in the Middle East do it. They build their houses on the hills and they plant all of the fields in the valley. So it's a 45-minute walk uphill and, you know, downhill and back uphill from the well to the city. So everybody say, wow, 45-minute walk one way, all right, not both ways. 45-minute down the hill to the well, 45-minute huff back up. Now, most of the women, because they were the ones who gathered water, would go early in the morning to get water during the cool of the day. You know, as the still, sun's still rising, they'd go up early and fetch the water. But this Samaritan woman that Jesus is going to meet is fetching water now. What time is it, guys? It's high noon, all right? It's hot. But she's avoiding, because they go early to avoid heat, she's avoiding a different kind of heat. She's avoiding the scorching stares, the fevered obscenities, the scalding comments from the women of the town. 
Whose man are you going to be after next? The women would say. Best keep your distance, you tramp, you hoe, Jolene, 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 you know. See, this Samaritan woman had been married five times. Five times she had loved, but wasn't loved. Now she is striving to please another man, but he isn't pleased enough to ask her to marry him. Everyone in the town held her failures and her sins against her. Now when the Samaritan woman reached the well, and she tied her jug to the rope, Jesus at that point kick-started a conversation with her. Let's read the passage in verse 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And I told you why. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. All right, so Jesus is, in fact, leaning against the well. He has a divine appointment. This woman comes during the heat of the day trying to avoid all of the, you know, gossip from the ladies and all of the stares, and and obviously the rejection. And so she comes, she ties, and Jesus kick-starts the congregation. Well, the Samaritan woman was surprised that this Jewish stranger even spoke to her. She was even reluctant to engage. In fact, her thought was, if this man only knew who I am, if this man only knew what everybody else knows, If this man only knew who I am, he wouldn't even look in my direction. He wouldn't ask me for a drink. She is letting her past define her. You guys know what I'm saying? She has been feeling this. She has no self-worth. She's, is there any hope for me? Does anybody care? Do I even matter? That's her attitude. She's come to the well, and Jesus asks her for a drink, and in her mind she's saying, If you knew who I was, and if you knew my story, you, like everybody else, wouldn't even talk to me. Jesus, being God, heard the thought that crossed her mind. And he replied, If you only knew who I am, you would ask me for a drink of water, and I would give you living water. Isn't that awesome, guys? 
She just had the thought, if he only knew who I was. And Jesus speaks up and says, if you only knew who I was, I would give you, you'd ask me for a drink, and I'd give you living water. Everybody say it out loud. If you only knew who I am. That's what Jesus said. You know why? Because Jesus, and we all know this, but Jesus is the calm for every storm. He is the cure for every disease. He is the pardon for every guilt. He is the healing for every sickness. He is the solution for every problem. He is the friend that sticks closer than the brother. He says, I am the bread of life. He's the light of the world. He is the good shepherd. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the living water. If you only knew who I was, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. Jesus was offering this Samaritan woman the promise of Isaiah chapter 55. Here's the promise in Isaiah 55.1. If anyone's thirsty, come and drink. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me, and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all unfailing love. That's what Jesus was telling her. I'm the living water. You've got a spiritual need. I am your answer. Wow. Everybody said what? Wow. What a Savior. What an offer. But the Samaritan woman didn't get it. She's like that teenage girl at the McDonald's window just the other day that I encountered. I had ordered from, you know, out front, and when I got to the window, she announced my total. She said, that'll be $6.58. Well, I handed her $7, and while she punched it in, I realized that I had some loose change. So I reached down and, and I got eight cents and gave her eight cents. She held the nickel and three pennies in her hand and looked like a deer in the headlights. So I tried to help her. You know, it was 6.58. I gave her eight cents. I said, just give me two quarters. She called the manager. That's the way the Samaritan woman was. The Samaritan woman was like that little girl who had a goldfish in her little bowl. And one morning she woke up and the bold goldfish was belly up, floating on the top. She's looking in there, looking at it. Her mom passes by and she says, what happened, darling? And she says, I think it drowned. That's the Samaritan woman. The woman at the well didn't get it. She was clueless to Jesus' offer. Well, see, the Bible says that the natural mind cannot process spiritual things. In fact, here's the verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 13. It says, people who aren't spiritual can't receive truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. So that woman that Jesus is talking to, this Samaritan woman, Jesus was addressing her spiritual thirst. Jesus was saying, He is the wellspring of life. But all she could think of, was the H2O, the water inside of Jacob's well. 
You know, Jesus saying, you have a spiritual, you have a thirst. I am the living water that can quench that thirst. And she's looking at him and will say, how are you going to get this water? You don't have a bucket. You don't have a way to get the water out of the well. She's not registering. But Jesus is patient. He knows that when it comes to spiritual things, we aren't the brightest crayons in the box. So Jesus made it crystal clear for this lady. He said, woman, I am not talking about the water in the well, girlfriend. No! Whoever drinks from this physical well will thirst again. You see, the wells of the world are temporary. Winning the lottery won't be enough. A house with a little white picket fence won't be enough. A new car, a new spouse, a new wardrobe, a hotter babe, a sickest party, the perfect physique, the latest gadgets, the coolest toys, the highest position won't be enough. The water in the well will satisfy for a little while, but it won't satisfy completely. The smartest man in the, that ever lived, his name was Solomon. And he wrote something in his diary called the book of Ecclesiastes. He wrote this. Here's what he said. The thirst for eternal peace is in our hearts. And nothing or no one can satisfy that thirst but God alone. I'm going to say it again. The thirst for eternal peace is in our hearts and nothing or no one can satisfy that thirst but God alone. Everybody say, God alone. So God clothed in human flesh was standing in front of this spiritually dehydrated Samaritan woman saying, I have what you crave. I have what you long for. Love, meaning, purpose, fulfillment, forgiveness. If you drink of the water that I give, you will never thirst again. The Samaritan woman still passed it up. What? I know Jesus might have been wondering. I'm wondering, is this gal stoned or is she just stupid? What is this? Neither. It's neither. See, it's that she's just too proud and too private. She doesn't want to look desperate or needy. Some of us do the same thing. We think if we're transparent, it will change people's opinion or attitude towards us. Have you ever felt that way? Skirted an issue? Hid a particular flaw? Because you don't want people that you think don't know you to know who you really are because it will cloud their perspective. They'll make a judgment. As we cling to the Thanks for joining us here on The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova. Pastor Dion has been discussing what it must have been like for those who walked the paths that Jesus did during his time here on earth. We're in a series called Encounters with Jesus. The concept of meeting Jesus in person is kind of beyond us right now. But there were actual people who were living 
breathing, hurting, dying, broken, arrogant, and even suffering. Jesus engaged with all kinds of people here, and it shows that he's not afraid to engage with you and I in what we're going through either. He's not surprised by it, and it's not new to him, the things that we're going through. He's aware, and he cares. Do you believe that today? As you listen to these teachings, our prayer is that your heart is being drawn closer to your Savior as you encounter Him in the Scriptures. The Simple Truth is a ministry out of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. To find out more and to find our church, head on over to tmcalvary.com. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. We'd love to have you come and see us sometime. If you're more of a phone person, you can contact us at 505-753-4363. Once again, that number is 505-753-4363. With that, our time with you today has come to an end. We're so glad you made some space in your day to hear and learn more from God's Word. May you find that you're closer to Jesus from having done so right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow Let us join our hands and together we stand Together